read the scripture. I need to do a PSA, a public service announcement. Uh, I realize that school has started, and so a lot of people are not traveling anymore except for us old people and, and things like that. But with COVID hitting, uh, the motels and hotels uh, are doing some extra things, like uh, it's not unusual to end up with a uh, a couple of handy wipes in your room that might you can wipe down the TV remote, or uh, I've actually seen little squirt bottles and everything. Well, they always have the uh, the shampoos and all that stuff. Well, they always have mouthwash too. So the other day, and when I get up in the morning, I don't flip a lot of lights on. I don't like a lot of bright light when I'm getting up and, and functioning and everything. Well, uh, I brush my teeth, and there's the, uh, the there's the little bottle with the blue. Uh, blue uh, mouthwash in it, which is actually shampoo. <laughs> and if you put that in your mouth, you have to rinse your t- mouth three times before the bubbles stop. <laughs> so, public service announcement is read the label <laughs> before you go pouring anything into your, into your mouth. Just may have happened to somebody I know. I don't know. Uh, the other thing that I want to say is, uh, as we get things up here, uh, thank you for the Vacation Bible School money that you sent for the uh, Polish uh, Bibles, Polish pocket-sized Bibles that are going to the uh, military and to the police. Uh, obviously, Don and Laura start to stop by to go to church here, and, and uh, Don gave a short testimony about it, and you guys said, well, we're taking up this money. I know that uh, I forgot how much the check was, but it was $1,000 or close to something like that or whatever. That did not come from the teenagers. That did not come from the children. I'm thinking there, there were some adults that were highly involved in that, in that giving. Anyway, thank you. We've had just an unbelievable response uh, whenever we do anything, uh, whenever we do something for the country of Poland, uh, and this was another, another exception. We've actually been asked to have printed 100,000 of them. And uh, it was originally going to cost us uh, about $2.50 a, uh, a book. It's, uh, now that everything has been redone and the first, uh, the first thing has been sent to the printers, it looked like it's going to be uh, about $3, maybe $3.10 or something like that, to have them done. But... Uh, Taken, so we'll just round it off at $3. How much is 100,000 Bibles? $300,000. You guys have a great part in that. We're just doing, you know, we're doing 25,000 at a time. But for God to speak to your heart, for you to say, we want to be involved in that, it's just, uh, just, a, real, just a real blessing. Uh, I want to... I forgot to turn this all on before I got started. I'm going to do something that I've never done before, but this is one of the few places I feel like I can experiment <laughs> a little bit, and uh, you guys be my guinea pigs in that. Battery uh, is full. We, I'm over, start, started a missions conference uh, Paired. Paired. Started a missions conference this morning that I will be going back to. Uh, and this first part is not connected to it. 
the message tonight in, in um, Matthew chapter 25, one of the key phrases that I'm pulling out is, well done, thou good and faithful servant. In the uh, last two years, I've been to nine funerals, most of them for people older than me, several of them for pastors or missionaries who were in the ministry. So because of that, I just turned 75, uh, excuse me, 73 in, uh, in September. Cheryl's birthday is Thursday. She turns 75. She doesn't mind me telling you. Uh, it's caused us to sit down and, and realize we are in the last days. We're in the last days scripturally, but we're in our last days also. Have we accomplished what we set out to accomplish? Have we fulfilled what God wanted us to do? And uh, this song, Who Am I, is one of those songs that, that spoke to my heart. That I'd, Like I said, I've never done anything like this before. But I want you to look at it and think about it.
There's a balance to that. I love the song. It causes me to stop and think. Of the billions of people in the world, there really only is a few of us that understood and responded to the gospel. Now, we, we're probably talking about millions, but still, when you stop and think about it, just run through your mind, your family, your friends, your relatives, the people that you work with, the people that you go to school with, the people that you see around town, we're a, we're a small minority. And God chose us to live in these last days. We could have been born at any time up until this point. We could have been born in any country up to this point. But he chose us. And when I sit back at the, at the, uh, at the young age of 73, I'm, I'm looking at, okay, Lord, how much more time do I have? You know, nobody knows the day nor the hour or how much time that they have. But when I, when I stop and think about where I started back in not getting saved until I was 31, who am I? Who am I that I not only got saved and understood it, but you picked us at this time to be the witness and the testimony and to be your flagship, as it were, to let people know the Lord's coming back. Oh, I, I, I can't say that I've ever seen that the old billboard sign that they actually used to make fun of, the, the guy standing out there and, you know, the Lord's going to return and everything. The, the world doesn't even think about that, and a lot of Christianity doesn't think about that. But uh, this all kind of started because of, uh, because of going to the... Uh, Going to the funerals because I heard in several of those in several of those uh, funerals that I'm I know that when so and so entered the gate, I don't think there's a gate, but when so and so stood before the Lord, they heard, "Well done, thou good and faithful servant." Do you ever stop and think, you know? I don't know. I mean, I've done good, but have I been a good and faithful servant? I've tried to be consistent, but the good and faithful servant, I mean, there's people with all kinds of talent, abilities, uh, things that people that have done great things for God that I've I, you know, you can look at them and say, well, they are definitely going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Well, I, I don't know if you're, if you examine your life also every once in a while, it's good to get it, get it out and look at it to see, okay, here's where I am. I don't know how much time I have left. Where am I headed and what am I accomplishing? But I don't think it hurts to have a little bit of retrospect to say, really, what, what am I doing and what have I done? Uh, have I really reached that well done, good, thou good and faithful servant? And I don't think that I have, to be quite honest. I, I'm not talking myself down or trying to, uh, you know, make a bigger deal out of it. I just don't feel like that's where I qualify. Let's look at these verses. You don't need to stand. Uh, we'll, we'll just go ahead and read the verses here in Matthew chapter uh, 25, beginning in verse 13. This is the uh, Olivet Discourse. He's, uh, he's carrying on. He's been talking now for a couple of chapters 
to the disciples and is explaining that uh, he's about to leave. They're about, to re- uh, they're about ready to head into Jerusalem. He's going to be crucified. He's going to be raised from the dead. Then he's going into, uh, going into heaven. But he's coming back. Well, they're, they're missing a lot of what he's explaining, even when he puts it into uh, several parables here. Uh, the, the parable just before, uh, just before we get there, we have the, uh, the, the five uh, foolish virgins and, and all that. But we get down here in end of verse, or beginning of verse 13. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. So he says, one of these days I am leaving, but I'm coming back. But you don't know when I'm coming back. And he's quite honest. I'm not sure when I'm coming back, he said. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country. He called his own service and delivered unto them his goods. Now, this is going to be used as an example to the disciples that he's actually talking to them about them. Uh, It's going to talk about, excuse me here. He's going to talk about the talents. And uh, it's money talents. It's not, we, we could talk about talents that people have being able to play the piano or being able to play an instrument or be able to, they're, they're well versed and able to uh, speak eloquently or they have musical talent or whatever. But in the context of the parable here, he's talking about finances. It's not talking about, uh, it's not specifically talking about uh, salvation or things, things like that. But you can tie it all together because he, he talks about the different, uh, the different people, but the last guy that gets his one talent, he doesn't do anything with it. And uh, at the very end of the chapter, uh, it says, uh, and he cast, them in, uh, cast the unprofitable servant into outer darkness where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So it's not connected with salvation anyway, but it does kind of point to Judas, who had the account, had, had, had physical talents, physical abilities, but he never applied it right. Anyway, we, we go on, verse 15. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another two, and to a, another one, to every man according to his several ability, and straightway he took his journey. That's picture of the Lord leaving that we see in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded the same and made them other five talents. And likewise, he that had received two, he also gained other two. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. For a long, uh, after a long time, the Lord of the servants cometh and reckoneth with them. And so he that received the five talents came and uh, brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them. Five talents more. And the Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou hast deliverest me uh, t- uh, unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents uh, beside them. And his Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I, I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. So I hear this phrase, uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's, they're going to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And they're kind of taking it out of context of what the verse and the, that statement is, is coming from. Hold your finger here and turn over, to, uh, turn over to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. It's, a, it's kind of a parallel passage, even, as, even though it's not uh, part of the Olivet Discourse. 
but it, it's, it's par- uh, parallel in such a way that he's talking about, uh, uh, talking about the, the end time and him coming back. John chapter 5, beginning in, uh, let me see, let's begin in verse uh, 24. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. So he's talking to and about saved people. If you, if, you, uh, if you hear the word and you believe on, it says him, but if you believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and him that sent me, uh, you have everlasting life. And shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming, and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God, and they that hear shall live. Talking about the dead are going to be raised in Christ. Speaking of the rapture, he's not, he doesn't mention those that are alive, but uh, that's, that's kind of a part of another message. Verse 26, For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given to the Son to have life in, him, in himself, and hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the Son of Man. There's coming a day when each and every one of us are going to stand before the Lord to give an account, which ties us back into uh, over there in Matthew where it says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. But we go on here and it says, verse 28, Marvel not at this, for the hour is coming, in the which all that are in the grave shall hear his voice and shall come forth, they that have done good unto the resurrection of life, and they that have done evil unto the resurrection of the damnation. The two phrases that jumped out, of, out at me uh, here about four months ago was this, uh, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But right here in the middle of verse 29, he says, and shall come forth, they that have done good. They that have done good. I don't know if I will hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But as I look back over my life at things that have been accomplished since I've been in the ministry, I think I'm going to hear, you done good. You didn't accomplish everything. You didn't follow all the time. You weren't obedient as much as you should have been. Uh, but you done good. It's not good English. <laughs> it's just not good English. Uh, my mom would be, uh, my mom and Cheryl would be after me for even, for even saying that. But I, as I look at my life, and one of the things that helped me was uh, a couple times ago when I was here, I came before the church. I had just come back from the Volga River campaign. And uh, I, I, I walked you through one of the longest presentations I've ever done. Uh, it was almost a half hour long, and then I preached a message after that. Well, I had, I had lost that. I, I, I didn't know what happened to it. I didn't have notes. And to be quite honest, I had forgotten about a lot of things that took place during that Volga River campaign. But I'm here, the, the, guys, and, uh, the guys and the ladies, I see we've got ladies back there now, uh, that are working back there in the sound booth and with the cameras and everything. Every once in a while when I stop by, they say, hey, we found, a, we found a couple old messages. You want a copy of them? Yeah, yeah, I just love listening to myself talk, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I, I was glad to get that, and I sat there and watched that one afternoon as I'm examining my life that morning. 
And uh, I, I messed up at home and barked at Cheryl and, you know, good night. We've been married for 50 years and, you, you know, you can't, you can't learn to just keep your mouth shut every once in a while. So I'm, I'm kind of down in the dumps. And, and I was flipping through uh, some stuff, trying to put together a presentation for a church. And I came across this video that uh, the guys had downloaded for me and I watched it for a half hour. And there was instance after instant, person after person, testimony after testimony that I recounted in that. And I teared up and I thought, I may never hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But I came out of my office with tears in my eyes and told Cheryl, I done good. For at least three months, I can look back at what God used us several guys, but used his word and the preaching of it and the establishing of 27 Bible studies that uh, of that 25 of them are churches today that if nothing else, if everything else burns up and goes away, I think I'm going to hear you done good at least that one, that one summer. Uh, thank you back there in the sound room, for putting that together. I, I needed something like that. But where are you in this uh, good and faithful servant situation? Uh, look back here at, at Matthew chapter 25 again. And uh, as I read through that, and I started paying closer attention to it here just uh, uh, just about a week ago, knowing that uh, I wasn't going to be here for the missions conference, <laughs> but I'm the, uh, the, the Sunday night preacher before conference starts. So I wanted something, uh, something that's going to tie in with missions to get you to think I'm, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not pushing for money. You guys, you guys are already headed in, you know, what, what you're doing and everything. But I want you to realize you've done good. Look at uh, let me see. It talks about the, uh, the, the guy that ends up with the five talents. Uh, I've got down here, we may not be greatly gifted people like some others, but what he's looking for is for us to be faithful in the small things. Look at verse 15 of Matthew chapter 25. And then one he gave five talents and to another two and to uh, another one. To every man according to his several ability. There's a reason why he gave one guy five and one guy two and another guy just one. He knew what their abilities were. He knows what our abilities are. I mean, we don't have to do these great and mighty things that, uh, that we look up to other people and say, Wow, they've got a handful of crowns and who knows whatever. We have different abilities. Therefore, he expects different things from us. Uh, from he just wants us to be faithful in the small things, to every man according to his ability. We all have different abilities. Uh, I think about you know, Brother uh, Dan talking about doing his taxes. Yet yeah, don't take them to your brother. <laughs> it comes to numbers crunching or something like that. Forget about. I almost brought David. Uh, I almost brought David with me. He's got his temporary licenses, uh, license, and uh, so I said, "Well, you know, if I'd have been thinking ahead, I said I'd have brought you with me, so I'm not traveling by myself." And he said, "Papa, then I could have driven." 
Oh, no, you can't. <laughs> oh, no, you can't. And he's, he's, doing, uh, he's doing some kind of upper math, so I, you know, I, I couldn't help. Maybe Caitlin and I could have made the trip, but uh, I could have helped her. But I've got different abilities and different talents, just like you have different abilities and different talents. And he gives each one of us according to, because he knows us so well. He gives us different opportunities to be able to use those ability and, and talents. Look down here at uh, verse 21. And his Lord said unto my Lord, uh, uh, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. Then he goes on, I will make thee ruler over many things and enter thou into the joy of the Lord. I, I, I've often been focused on, okay, I'm... Uh, I've been good in some areas, so what's that mean? I'm, I'm in charge of a city, I'm in charge of a village. I, I really have no idea what that means. And I've always focused on, on that end of it, but I never really noticed that he gives us according to our, each of our ability and over a few things. Over a few things. Pastor Dunbar will probably never end up in some huge nationwide meeting speaking to hundreds of pastors around the world. He's been faithful here. He's been faithful here. I, my heart goes out to men who don't run churches of three, four, five, six hundred. It's harder to stay faithful. It's harder to, I, I, I don't know, we, he and I haven't talked about it, but uh, having talked to, uh, talked to a couple of other guys, I know that their eyes wander. I, I know that they'd love to have a huge uh, church. Uh, as Pastor King always said, bigger church, bigger problems. <laughs> you just, you know, it, it, comes with, it comes with the territory. But he's adjusted what he wants us to accomplish. Just a few things. Not a great multitude of things, just a, a few things. Luke chapter 6, verse 10 says, He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. Uh, if there is some way, I need you to turn the uh, video feed off. I had mentioned that to... Uh, uh, I had mentioned that before, and I forgot to bring it up tonight before, we, uh, before I came to church, that I need the video feed. Preferably, if you can turn the audio feed off also, would be a, uh, would be a real help. Is, is our part. God expects us to be faithful in our spiritual life. How's your Bible reading? How's your Bible reading? Are you faithful enough that you are doing Bible reading every day? I'm not talking a little about uh, what's that? That little reader's digest condensed version of the pastor doesn't even let them in the church. <laughs> but how's your Bible reading? I mean, have you, where did you start this year? How much have you got accomplished? 
How much have you read? What is it that God has taught you? If you have children at home, what have you learned to teach your children? People get all excited about sending Bibles uh, and missionaries around the world. Wow, now we've got some fruit that's going to be added to our account in Pakistan and over in a, another far eastern country. But how's your Bible reading? There was a day when a lot of people used to be excited about it and we were consistent about it. And your concern and care for others. That's kind of, that shows up in your missions conference. It shows up in when somebody comes. You guys always, y'all always make a big deal about us being here. But uh, we're more excited about coming than you guys are about seeing us, believe me. <laughs> believe me. But your care and concern for others. Galatians 6.10 says, As we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto all men, especially unto them of the house, household of faith. Uh, I've seen that with the church over and over. Uh, I don't know as pastor thought about it, but uh, I did have to smile when I found out there was testimonies tonight. That's one of my favorite things about coming here. Uh, I don't even suggest it. I, I mean, I hadn't, hadn't even thought about it until he said it was going to take place tonight. Pastor, can we have uh, can we have testimonies? Uh, there was a couple of you I was disappointed that you didn't get up and give a testimony and cheer us on for not mentioning any names in the back row or anything back there. <laughs> but we also need to remember there's two sides even to the response and faithfulness. Just like there is two sides to uh, the, the uh, who am I, you are somebody. You've been bought with a price. Somebody died to give you eternal life and to, uh, and to uh, cover your sin and to pay for it. You are somebody. Like I said, there's a balance there. But there's also a balance in, in, in faithfulness in that God... Is faithful. You ever thought, thought about God's faithfulness to us? Uh, let me give you a Bible verse on it. 1 Corinthians 3.9 For we are laborers together with God. We're not just laborers together with pastor. We're not just laborers together with whoever might be working in the nursery. We're not just laborers together doing vacation Bible school. We're not just laborers together doing door hangers. We're laborers together with God. He's the one that uses our feeble efforts as we go out and we do door hangers or as we talk to somebody or we give them a track. He's the one that opens their understanding. He's the one that convicts their heart. He's the one that causes them to realize there is a hell to shun. Uh, he's the one, if you stop and think about it, we do 1% of the work and he does 99% of the rest of it and yet he pats us on the back and gives us credit like we did it all. Well done, thou good and faithful servant, or you done good. Turn to Acts chapter 10. Talking about God's faithfulness. As, you, as you're turning there to Acts chapter 10, the account of Noah is not about Noah, but of God using Noah to deliver a remnant to be able to restart the whole population 
and the gospel all over. The, uh, the story of Abram is not just about Abram and Sarah, but how God used them to prepare the way for the nation of Israel. The account of Moses is not about Moses. It's about God using a meek and humble man with a speech impediment to lead and deliver his people from captivity. The account of Jericho walls crumbling is not about Joshua or Israel. It's about God's method of delivering his people being so much higher and greater than our own. The account of David and Goliath is not about David. It's about God using a young boy with some rocks to deliver his people from the enemy. The account of feeding the 5,000 is not about five loaves and two fishes. It's about God using a young lad that gave his lunch to Jesus. God used a former enemy of the church to start churches. Not so we would all admire Paul, but to admire the one who miraculously changed Paul. We all have flaws and weaknesses in our life, but that's exactly the kind of people God is looking to use to accomplish his will. Humble, surrendered followers of Christ. How faithful is God? Look here at Acts, uh, Acts chapter 10, one of my favorite passages. I have preached on Cornelius a multitude of times, and uh, I just had something that, because of this thinking, this path that I was going down that I'd never noticed as I was preparing to preach this uh, two Sundays ago in a church down in Pennsylvania. Cornelius, uh, of course, was a, a centurion, and uh, in verse uh, 2, we find out of chapter 10, he was a devout man, one that feared God with all his house, who gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. I said, Here, here's what looks like the perfect church member. Here's, the, here's somebody we're looking for. He's a devout man. He recognizes that there is a God and he, he's religious. And one that feared God, recognized that, that uh, there's somebody that I'm probably answerable to because there's a this all this these starry nights and everything that takes place uh, that had to come from someplace. He watched the seasons change. He he looked at the multitude of flowers and the fruits and the vegetables and the things out there. So this didn't just happen. Uh, feared God with all his house. I believe that he taught his family. He gave much alms to the people. He realized he'd been blessed of God. He ended up with a good job. He ended up to the place where he had enough that he was able to help people who were struggling along. History says, uh, I don't know if it's accurate or not, history says that, that he was so concerned about uh, pleasing God and uh, for the Jewish people that he built them a synagogue just out of the money that he had. Whether that's historical or not, I've read that several, uh, several times. And then it says, uh, and he prayed to God always. Uh, I kind of fall short on that. You, you hear a message on prayer and you say, well, I'm falling short of the mark on that one. You know, I, I'm praying, but, you know, emergencies, crisis, surgeries, uh, God bless the food and, you know, give us safe traveling mercies and stuff like that. But uh, to... Uh, and I, one of the things I appreciate about Facebook, Facebook is to be able to find out, okay, there's somebody in the church that's having surgery. Will you pray? Yes. I was, I was happy to say one of, the, one of the times when pastor said, who's prayed over here? I was able to raise my hand. Yeah. If, if there's things that pop up, Cheryl, pray for 
you, uh, the, you people here in this church, when there's special needs. You may not see us, you may not know it, but know that you've got prayer partners that are someplace in the world. We're either in Oshkosh or Bulgaria or the Ukraine, or, but someplace that we, uh, we are able to keep track of you. But as I read through that, it never, I never really noticed or thought about it. As we read down here in verse 3, he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Look what he says. Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. I never really noticed that. I mean, I'd read through it. I, I just read over the top of it because I had other places I wanted to go in this chapter. Of all the things that God marks, that he sends an angel down to him is, I noticed your prayers and I noticed your giving. This is a lost guy. How faithful is God? We look over here at, uh, uh, let me see, verse 31. And said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard and thine alms are had in remembrance in the sight of God. I've had a lot of the discussions. Jeremy and I like to discuss things sometimes. But I've had a lot of discussion with people. Does God hear the prayer of lost people? Uh, he hears their prayer when they cry out uh, for salvation. God does not necessarily hear prayers of the religious, but he is paying attention. He may hear them, but he may not necessarily respond to them until they say, Lord, I'm a sinner and I need saving. If God would respond to a, a lost man like Cornelius and pays attention to his prayer and his giving, how much more for you who are saved that he is listening to your prayer. He, every, every prayer that you pray Every dime that you give, he's keeping track of. He's paying attention to. He's, he's, he's jotting it down. Uh, Hebrews 6.10, For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which ye have showed toward his name, and that ye have ministered to the saints and do minister. Every man according to his ability. Thou hast been faithful over a few things, and the last part that I had left off on purpose, it says, enter thou into the joy of the Lord. You've done good. Whether you hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, are you going to hear, you've done good? We'll still get to enter into the joy of the Lord. Not, I mean, are you going to be excited? I, I'm thinking I'm going to be excited. But it's not... The joy of Larry is the joy of the Lord. And I look at it as here's somebody that uh, you love dearly and they've moved away and you haven't seen them for a while. And how excited you get. I'm not even going to talk about Sarah and what she might be going through in this long separation of somebody all the way over in Kansas or whatever like that. But... Uh, that's just a small, that's just a small inkling of I think what it's going to be like. That we get there and 
I don't know. I hear all, I've heard all kinds of preaching about what, what it's going to be like when we get, you know, when we get to heaven. I, I personally think I'm going to be flat on my face, <laughs> you know, just saying, holy, 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 and oh man, I wish I'd have done more kind of, uh, kind of thing. But I don't know whether he's going to reach down and, and take us up by the hand and give us a big hug and say, welcome home. But we're entering into the joy of the Lord. You've done good. You've done good. What is it the Lord wants you to do for missions this year? What is it the Lord wants you to do with the rest of your days that you're here upon his earth with your uh, few things that he's given you to do to be able to accomplish his will and his work. Father, I thank you for this time you've given to us to be able to look at your word. Lord, would this be a source of encouragement? Would it be a kind of a time of examination for us to be able to look back at what we've done, what we've accomplished? Lord, we have all should have, and most of us do have goals and things for this life, but uh, Lord, would you help us to examine our life to make sure that we're being faithful with you, to you, we're in your word, we're teaching uh, if we got children at home, we're teaching the children. We get an opportunity to spend some time with the grandkids. That we're teaching them. We we have a great concern and and a, a love for others, not just those of the household of faith, but Lord, that you would help us to see people through your eyes. But Lord, would you not just give us plans for? Well, that's on my bucket list to go do that. But Lord, would you give us some godly desires, some some godly goals, some things to accomplish? in however much time that we have left, if it's because you take us home or because you come back, that we will be found faithful with those few things that you've given us to do. In Christ's name I pray. Pastor.